Hi, I'm Peter Haddock and welcome to another edition of my podcast with leadership series. This is a special series where I get the industry leaders on to talk about themselves, their journey, their business and the industry issues that are right hot topics now and into the future. And the podcast with leadership series is supported by Leica Geosystems. They're the 3D machine control and surveying equipment specialist. And I thank them very much for supporting this series. You can find out all about their products and services at leica-geosystems.co.uk. And today is a really good one, folks. I found Lee Gansner. Has Lee, you are the MD of Buckhurst Plant Hire, aren't you? Afternoon, Peter. Yes, I am. Fantastic. And we're recording this in the sweltering heat here um, at Content with Media Towers. And what was really exciting, Lee, and, and I'm so pleased that you decided to come on, I saw that you guys had done a really big deal, 2.5 million pound deal for some new equipment and I've never known about the Buckhurst plant hire group and the business so I was like reached out and said Lee can you come on tell us about what's going on it's a big deal wasn't it it was yeah it's uh you know we make significant investments throughout the year but this is uh as always a, a big investment for us two and a half million is a, a lot of money so. and what have you bought Lee uh, on this one it's Hyundai 15 ton 14-ton excavators and 21-ton excavators. And that's so, going in because you are expanding out in the business. But before we talk about that, folks, I really want to get behind the story of Lee because Lee is no ordinary MD. Lee, we were talking earlier before we broadcast and you've been with the business for 20 years and it's not even... The family member you've been in that business you know working with the family for all that time and now you're MD tell me a little bit about that journey and what it's taught you Lee yeah I have been here for 20 years when I started John his dad running the business just recently moved to this location in, in sunny Waterfoot which isn't sunny and then once we'd started at this location we had around 100 machines working throughout the UK, all specialists, all tractor winches and OC Summers and Kenton's days before Balfabetes took over the world. And that's the kind of equipment we were running. 20 staff, four wagons and 100 pieces of kit. And you were telling me you did all sorts of jobs. So come on, Lee, where did you actually start and get to know? Walking through the door, what was the job in hand? Uh, the first time it was at higher desk. So I went on the higher desk and then I moved on to doing transport, workshop, I've service machines, I've washed them, <laughs> went on to sales, operations, health and safety. I, I got my NEBOSH qualifications and so all aspects of the business to make sure that I knew everything about the business as we went through it. And, you know, you've stayed with the business. And, and what is the reason why you've stayed all of this time with the business? And obviously, you've progressed really well into the MD role now. It's so diverse. We do everything from what we call yellow plant mini diggers and, and, and things like that, right the way through to specialist equipment for overhead lines. We've developed products, we've patented them. And it's just really diverse. Everything's changing all the time. 
And that's what we need in this industry right now. We've been through a very difficult time for everybody, but the industry has really pushed on through that. And, you know, a lot of people have been very, very busy. And one of the things you did say to me about this investment is you're growing. You know, you're growing at a time and when the industry's growing as well. So talk to me about where you sit right now and what does the opportunity look like for you? Yeah, in terms of growth, we've always looked to grow. And I think we grew, we doubled our size coming out of a recession back in 2008, which was an odd thing to do. So for us to carry on growing year on year and and get bigger and better, our portfolio of equipment is always becoming newer, fresher, and we're getting exciting new products in. It's just a great place to be at the minute. And I think what's interesting as well, Lee, is, you know, we'll come into this a little bit more of the diversification of the business and what that does. But, you know, you you said you've gone from 100 units. Where do you sit now then? What, what kind of almost almost 3,000, but it's a kit. 3,000 so. from 100 to 3,000. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, they might need a bit more of your help back down in the cleaning zone uh, with that amount of kit i look that i didn't know that genuinely folks did not know that uh figure that is a huge amount of kits isn't it it is yeah so not all of it's big yellow plant you know we, it's not all 20 ton excavators but yeah three thousand items tell us really about the different elements of the business because you know i'm used to talking to to plant hire companies that are like you say in the yellow diggers zone you know that they might have you know big fleets of, of diggers ADTs and things like that but talk to me a little bit more about the sort of the civils utilities agriculture forestry and what you call winter preparation <laughs> tell me a little bit about the the other stuff yeah so the, the utility you know that we've always been in utilities that's where John really started the business so his very first customer um, a guy called John Kelly who's, who's retiring soon from Balfour Beta asked him to provide a tractor winch. So he bought one, put it on hire, and and that's how the company were formed and started. His dad, him and his dad went out and bought several of them and that's how, where we grew from. So we've always had synergy with the utility industry. And tractor winching and slip lining pipe, you know, it's not as as mainstream as it was a few years ago, but it's still there and it still happens and and that's where we started seeing our investment and growth. So tractor winches through to trailer winches and then lining equipment for spray lining before we moved into the overhead lines and electric and the gas. And tell me a little bit then, why the diversification into sort of the agriculture, forestry and uh, winter preparation, I'm going to keep saying (laughs) (laughs) markets. We look at where we think the market's going, what people are asking for. So if customers ask for something, it's viable for us. We'll invest in it. We'll go out and we'll buy. It is customer-led. We want to make sure our customers get what they need when they need it. So winter equipment, when it snows in Scotland, a lot of our customers, it snows pretty heavy. You know, mm. down, in, down in Kent and the West Midlands don't see too much. But in uh, Inverness and Aberdeen, there's quite a bit. We do need equipment for them. And what kind of equipment have you got there with that sort of winter preparation? <laughs> We have a lot of snow blowers that fit on tractors, yeah. snow plows, gritting equipment. So it's simple equipment, really, that we can fit onto agricultural spec equipment. Right. Even the airports take it from us. So it, oh, it is. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And, um, so within the forestry and, and agriculture sectors, are we, are we just talking tractors or again, are we 
talking specialist pizza kit, you know, take trees down and strip them and things like that. What are we talking about? No, mainly the agricultural equipment is used more in the utility sector for us. So um, some of our big clients take tractors and and trailers for towing equipment on site, gravel carts for for dispensing stone into uh, open trenches, things like that. All right, that's cool. And you, you mentioned Inverness and Kent and everything like that there, Lee. So you are totally national then, are you, as a business? And do you have branches in different areas? And I know you've invested in a new Wellingborough facility uh, recently as well. What's that all about? Yeah, we looked at the opportunity to, to move further south. So we have depots in Aberdeen, Bathgate, which is in between Glasgow and Edinburgh. We've got Rosendale, which is just north of Manchester, Leeds city centre. And we wanted somewhere further south to really look after the clients that we already had, as well as look for new clients after that. So Wellingborough was a good fit. It's East Mids kind of area where we wanted to be. It bridges a gap between Leeds without travelling too far. Mm. Uh, It's an ideal location to put us where we wanted to be. And I think, you know, that sort of East Midland space, that corridor, there's a lot of work going on in that area as well. And obviously we've got the new East Midlands Freeport. I happen to be on the Teesside Freeport recently. So that's, again, good news, isn't it, for investment? It is, yeah. There's there's lots of work out there. You know, if you even discount HS2, which is massive, mm. there's huge amounts of work out there for everybody to go and get. And so that brings me to, look, what we've heard about some of the specialist stuff, but generally what, what's happening in the business at the moment and what are you seeing demand-wise? And, and obviously that's going to relate, I guess, to the uh, 2.15 million pounds worth of, 2.5 million pounds, sorry, worth of stuff that you've just bought. What are you seeing out there in the market and where is your USP, would you say? Uh, USP, we are a one-stop shop, so people can come to us and we will provide most of the things they want, apart from tools, we don't really want to get involved in that as much as, as plant. But everything else, if they come to us, we'll provide it. We deliver when we say we're going to deliver and they get what they ask for. So it's the right specification and it's for the right job. The investment, we spent $7.5 million in this financial year. So the two and a half was a relatively big... in the ocean. <laughs> But yeah, we spent two and a half with JCB. And of course, the biggest part of our fleet is Takuchi excavators, which we run over five or 600 machines. I've got a big fan of Takuchi brand with Nick Drew, who's uh, one of my construction collective compadres. He really likes the brand. You know, you do hear a lot of good stuff about that particular brand. And of course, I've just been to JCB as well with the latest press conference. So you, will you be taking some of the newer machines from them as well, the stage five units? Yeah, we've got uh, machines on order from JCB, so we're just waiting on delivery. I think that's the biggest problem, getting equipment delivered from any manufacturer. It's tough at the moment, but with lots of JCB loadalls and 3CXs on order. And so that really takes me on to, you know, one of the, the key things about the industry. You've talked to me there, and it's very clear the message is that if you're, if our customers want something, we'll get it done for them. Yeah, and that that is a... That's not saying that we, you can hire this, this, or this from us. That's actually saying, you look, we'll go out there and we'll get uh, the items for you. So, again, are you talking about things like attachments as well? Or what kind of element do you go into in that? We go into any anything. We've recently bought attachments from Auger Guide, which is a pole planter and an auger that fits on a 4CX for 
handling and installing wooden poles for the electric cables. We also buy lots of John Deere equipment and New Holland tractors, trailers and equipment for reinstallation of electric ducting and specialist trailers that allow them to do that. We invested into a, a huge John Deere tractor for a job in Devon where they're installing cable and the drums weigh over 60 ton. Wow. So to pull over huge hills, we That's... took a huge tractor to help their own Oshkosh machine. Wow, that's cool. And um, so, you know, for me, we know out there, you've mentioned it already, it's really busy out there. And, the, you know, there is a challenge and a stress about getting machines from manufacturers as well. But, you know, what are you seeing the market look like? What are people asking you? Are they saying, look, you know, we need more efficient, fuel-efficient engines? Are they saying, look, when can you get us electric machines? And what are they saying as far as operators and things like that are concerned, because obviously, you know, there's a lot of work going on, isn't there? Yeah, there's tremendous amounts of work going on. Operators are very difficult to find at the minute, and it's just something that we need to get more people into the industry. It's crying out for new people in there. But in terms of plant and equipment, we're supplying more fuel-efficient machines, and we're telling people that this is what they can get from us, you know, that's available on the market. Nobody wants to burn more diesel than they can do. So the Hyundai machines have a massive fuel efficiency of 5%, which you know, is huge in terms of reduction. And the emissions were, were much less than, than the previous models. So again, we're highlighting that to our customers as well as being asked for it. You know, sustainability and plant, it's huge for most companies now. It certainly is. And, you know, I'm talking a lot about sustainability in the industry and it's sustainability as a topic is about what you said as well. It's about people and it's about the way in which we do things and how to do things differently. And, you know, having that sense that you can say to a customer, well, you've got something like that down in Devon. Hold on, we'll go and find a machine that can do it properly for you, you know, without struggling. And that's great. But one of the other things I think about that sustainability issue is We've got a bigger problem coming along the line next year with the change from red to white diesel. You know, and what are your thoughts on, on that, Lee? Yeah, it's a huge change and it's going to cost lots of people money. We're looking at HVO and how that can be adapted into our fleet. And it's relatively simple. There's no real issues for it. Most of our machines are modern enough to, to run on HVO. Um, it's just the sustainability of HVO. It's, you know, how how much can be made, how quickly and how easy is it to get it. So I think white diesel may still have to be used until good fuel sources are found. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. And of course, then we've got the issue of theft on site with white diesel to take and put in your car, isn't it? And also, I guess as a plant hire, one of the issues that you've got is somebody that might hire your machine and put red diesel in it when they're not supposed to, for example. Yeah, that is a worry. You know, once it goes out of our control, sometimes you can't help what happens. So if they decide to put anything in it they shouldn't do, we'll have to flush the system out, change the filters, do all that kind of work. So, you know, we accept that we've got responsibilities and we'll do that. But yeah, it's worrying for the future for, for those kind of things. Yeah, it certainly is. And I think, you know, we've got to be quite sharp on that. And, you know, we certainly don't want a lot of costs to go into the industry as we're coming out of a pandemic as well. But um, yeah, talk to me, you know, you've obviously come up as, you know, the washer, as it were, the desk guy, you know, 
talk to me about the culture then of, of the business and how you think we can attract more people into this industry because we've already mentioned it with operators it's not just that is it it's fitters it's operatives it's people that literally are running the business in all the different elements what are your thoughts about you know how we can attract people and how do you do it we've just recently taken on apprentices in lots of different aspects of the business where primarily we didn't take them on so we've always had apprentice fitters that come through and they'll go on their the courses with CITB and learn how to do it and get MVQ levels and we've been very successful you know one of our guys a couple of years ago came second in the awards for Reeseath College which we were very pleased about so we've we've always had that kind of people coming through but higher desk staff we never used to take on apprentice higher desk staff now we do because we want to train them how we do things we're a family-run business at the end of the day so our core values are we want to look after the people that work within the business so it's really important that we find people that want to come work with us and grow within the business so people who start as a higher desk controller can be a depot manager in a few years time people who start as a hgv driver can be a sales rep if they want to be so we don't hold anybody back we listen to people's ideas if they've got something to tell us and they think it's a good idea we'll listen if we think it'll make the business better we'll do it i think really attracting people is is showing people what the industry is what they can learn from it what they can get from the industry there's a lot of great people in construction so it is a fulfilling job if you can show people just how good it is yeah and that's why i think it's really important that we do showcase people like yourself on the podcast because you've come up through that journey and i guess you know when people say you know well what's the career path in here and you go well i was sitting in your seat 20 years ago so there's the career path for you you know uh, when when they've got into the business it does really show you that you know hiring the right people and then investing and training those people continually is is really important isn't it it is yeah we spend huge amounts of money on training it's because we believe that people can do the job but sometimes they just need a little bit of help we really do want to make sure they can do it well we don't want to see anybody fail coming into work so whether it be plant movers so that they know how to safely move equipment or load it onto the back of a truck or get better at using an excel system or using our higher controlling system whatever it is we want to make sure that they have the best opportunity to progress through a company yeah and that's a credit to you i think you know people are looking for that now you know as we come out of this pandemic there are some people that are going to look to change jobs and we want to attract them into this industry particularly because you know we need them but we also need to keep them and that's the that's the thing this industry particularly for the operator community has been very different because people will come in and they'll go on a job for a few months and then they've got to find something else etc and so i think having that platform for people is really important and you know we are shifting at the moment lee and one of the key things that we are shifting in is technology you mentioned the higher desk system before that probably was a piece of paper and a and a diary and an and off you go but now with 3000 pieces of equipment that is a big deal isn't it so what are you doing with that shift in technology and, and what kind of things are you you're using for example i was talking to jcb about their live link system you know and how a lot of people are using that what type of technologies are you using and why yeah so mainly we use inspire which is a a rental software system that we have through all the depots we changed last year from being paper-based delivery notes to the android app so 
now the guys have to take a photo and then delivery. They'll get a signature from somebody on site. And it's all there with the customer within 30 minutes of it being delivered. So we move that technology on, but Live Link, you know, we have access to Live Link, our own tracking system that we use. And then we've got everybody, you know, Komatsu do a, a tracking system. So we use their tracking systems. We provide information back to our customers. Our own tracking system, we give our customers access to it so that they can actually see where the machines are, lock them down if they want to lock them for the evening. They can see how many hours they've worked. They can see what they've done during the day. So it's good for them to know exactly what the machines are doing. If the machines are being idle half the day, it's just burning diesel and they're not doing anything. So it's good for them to just see exactly what the machines are doing. Yeah, I think telematics is really very important. And I think, you know, having that access at customer level. So they're literally going to log in, do they, into your system and it's off you go kind of thing. It is, yeah. They can just log straight on and see exactly where the kit that they've got on hire is. And I suppose, you know, one of the critical things for that I'm seeing out there is people wanting to know about CO2 emissions and, and measuring that and also wanting to know the health of the machine. And I guess, you know, with having your own pitters there, what, one of those critical points is uptime as well there for you, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, you know, the technology that we've got from people like LiveLink and Comtrack, it's fantastic because they can look on the machine, they can see your records pretty quickly. And then when they're attending, if they do have a breakdown and they attend, they understand what's wrong with it before they go. If they need to take parts, they can mostly take them. And we're fixing things much quicker because we understand what's wrong. We also recently invested quite a lot of money into the Jaltech software system. So every one of our depots now has a computer that they can plug in, diagnose the machine. They know what's wrong with it. And most of the time, we're fixing it much quicker because we get that information back before we have to go through huge amounts of diagnostic tools. So you've got it. That's brilliant because you've got a new system, which is literally plugging into the CPU of the actual machine and different types of machine I'm assuming you know you've mentioned JCB and the Takuchi brand you also mentioned Komatsu and John Deere you know so you've got a new system there that's actually doing that that's really interesting tell me a little bit about more about it yeah the gel test system it's a, a tablet based computer it, it wirelessly has a bluetooth dongle so you plug the cable into the machine the Bluetooth picks up to the tablet and they can be stood 50 meters away from the machine that's working and get the data from it to see what what records it's bringing up. We can then send that off to Jaltech if we can't if we can't understand it. They come back and tell us what it is. It gives photographs and location of the problem on the screen so the fitter knows exactly where to go and look at it. So if an air sensor is faulty, it actually shows them where to look on the machine to find the air sensor and they can go and fix it and we get things fixed much quicker because of it. And that's brilliant. So that gives you a huge amount of advantage from other players in the market because you've got that uptime and I'm guessing that you know, you do tell the customers a lot about that as well. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't keep it a secret. We tell everybody what we've got. You know, we sell what we can What we can sell. That's fantastic. That's great. And so, you know, we, we've talked about these sort of major projects and things, but I'm guessing that, you know, you have got these core specialist markets. And, you know, are you concentrating on, on servicing the big projects or do you find that actually, you know, your customer base wants you to make sure they've got the supply of equipment for their jobs when other equipment is being sucked into HS2 and, and Highways England's and, and these huge warehouses that are springing up everywhere. It's a mixture of both. You know, we, we look after the current customers. We make sure that we can always provide what they need. So they're our, our concern. But 
we have a sales guy that's on the road just to look after our corporate accounts. So they're talking and most of the project work, we're getting good advance notice on what it is. So it's not like, you know, a local builder who decides that he needs a machine to, to put in a foot in. These guys are planning projects well in advance of 12 months. So when they're coming to us for specialist equipment, we're pricing it up 12 months beforehand. We know exactly what it is. We can place orders. We can get the right kit for them. We can spec it up and make sure that it hits exactly the mark they want. And when it's delivered on site, we give familiarization to the guys and they're off working and it's there for two or three years. So it is very unique that we can adapt for both sides of our customer base. I think that's the, the collaboration word right there, Lee, is, is the fact that you're collaborating with your customers and they recognize that you will make that investment if they can give you that kind of work. Well, that really makes sense, doesn't it? Because then you can go away and invest your seven and a half million pounds and more in the future, I'm sure, into the tr- type of equipment that is going to, to really play a part in the delivery of those projects in in a more environmentally friendly way isn't it it is yeah you know we could go out and spend lots of money on buying tower lights but we don't want to run tower lights so we'd rather put our money into equipment that we can hire out and use throughout the country and with our customers yeah absolutely and so you know i do a lot of work lee around machine control and around the sort of 3d connected worksite nature of new sites and stuff where are you with with that kind of technology right now? And where do you see you being in the future? Yeah, funnily enough, we recently spoke about this in one of the board meetings because we have identified it as something that we want to look at more. Uh, we've started to invest into it in small parts. So we've recently had a machine working and that had our first like a GPS system on it. So it was really interesting. Uh, I found it interesting to realise just how in-depth and how clever the system was to to control what it needed to do um but we're always looking at how we can improve our fleet to make sure it provides the right equipment so the gps systems are are fantastic yeah i absolutely agree and i think you know when you marry a gps system with a tilt rotator for example in a sort of semi-automatics nature you know that just changes everything you know those models can be very very fancy indeed and deliverable through the machine and stuff so that's really is you know a vision for the future and it's great to, to see that you're already taking those steps uh, to get that kind of equipment to, into play and especially with sort of smaller equipment as well now this machine control is getting smaller because um, it works really well on all different sizes of equipment isn't it it does yeah i mean we have uh, various tilt rotates on our machines and they're a very very good piece of kit there's difficult to operate it takes me a little bit to, to get used to doing it i think i spilt more out of the bucket when i would turn it around than i did pick it up but they're really interesting to see and watching the guys who can actually use it you know they can do phenomenal things with the machines and i think you know from my perspective i do a lot of work where i go and see owner operators and they're the ones that do go out and spend an awful lot of money uh, on you know a specific piece of kit and spec it all up but like you've said before if you know if you have customers that are moving in that direction that's the direction of travel you're going so that's great to hear that that's you know part of the journey that you'll go through and you know from my perspective I've also like to understand from people how do they see the future of the industry moving forward now so what are the sort of challenges in your mind that kind of keep you awake at night and what are the exciting bits that also probably keep you awake at night (laughs) (laughs) 
I think the exciting things are, you know, you're seeing more and more automation and there's some very, very clever equipment out there that is coming down to the market. So I think very soon you'll see some automated machines be available and it'll almost take away the need for operators, I think, in some places. And that'll help with the shortage of operators. Other than that, things that are making it better to have the right equipment on site with changes that in legislation for emissions to make sure machines are much more compliant and they're more environmental friendly. I think those kind of things, to get everybody up to the same kind of mark, is difficult. Some people just don't understand the difference between a 10-year-old machine and a 12-month-old machine, and, and they don't always want to pay the difference. But they really do realise when you've got that cost in your pocket, though, isn't it? And and when we were talking earlier, you're saying, actually, you know, we can show customers the actual cost benefit, the kind of life cycle of the two year project benefit about having a, a new machine, not just to the environment. Yes, I know everybody you know, wants to reduce carbon emissions, but fundamentally, if it costs 10 times as much to do that, that's not economically viable. But, you know, when you've got these this new equipment and when you've got all this specialist equipment and you can reduce the overall fuel consumption, well, actually, that reduces the overall complete higher cost, doesn't it? From not just the higher of the machine, it's the higher of the fuel and it's the, it's the reliability and the uptime where, where, that you've got with new equipment as well, isn't it? It is, yeah. You know, you always have customers that some of them want to chase you know the the little bit more discount but once you explain to them the difference that they can save in fuel running costs how more how much more efficient it is and smoother usually you can get them to accept it and, and they'll take set that equipment on but sometimes it's more difficult than others oh it always gonna be that's business isn't it Lee? but uh, yeah you know so as we face that sort of exciting bit what do you think are the challenges that the next sort of three four or five years are gonna bring into the industry I think equipment coming through, you know, there's, there's certainly going to be delays well into 2022, I think, for new equipment from most of the manufacturers by looks things. Materials seem to be causing huge issues on lots of different people's sites. And we're hearing issues of, of getting stone and concrete. So I think to keep at this level that we're at, where we're, we're trying to keep the demand up, that's going to be, we're going to need some significant investment from people outside of, you know, the, the machinery part of things and going for what material providers can offer. Yeah, so we're talking about quarries, we're talking about, you know, everything, plasterboard, bricks, paint, everything. You can't build a house if you can't uh, end up doing the windows and the painting and everything else, can you? You know, so you can't therefore dig the foundations in the first place, can you? No, and we, we apply an epoxy resin. We we have spray rigs that, that can apply an epoxy resin. And just even getting all of the epoxy resin at the minute is difficult. Yeah, so the, it really is that element where the plant industry is ready to go and it can potentially cope with the delays in, in equipment but you know if you've got no concrete to go in to the foundations you've just dug then that's the problem isn't it so yeah you're right there Lee. And i always like to finish uh, these things though lee with a really really cool bit of excitement from you so come on lee what is the next bit of excitement that's going to come out of the team there and um what are you what are you really looking forward to in the next sort of six months that you can I'd say to people out there, look, get yourself together, get down and speak to to us guys at uh, Bucket. I think over the next six months, you'll see definitely us open another depot. We've got plans on increasing our depot size. Uh, We're going to offer some varied machines. So we are looking at electric and and things like that. I'm very interested in the hydrogen machines. I think they're going to, they could be fantastic for the industry. And I think they'll be better than battery, in my opinion. So I think as, as we start seeing things change, we're definitely going to see Bookhurst change along with it. 
and we'll make sure that we stay as strong as we are now and provide everything that people need. You heard it here first, guys. More investment, more depots, electrification, hydrogen, big fan there, Lee. Lee, it's been fantastic to talk today. Uh, this podcast has been possible because of Leica Geosystems, the 3D machine control and surveying specialist. It's a podcast with leadership episode, but I've had a lot of fun with Lee. Uh, it's super hot out there, folks, right now. So if you want to chill out and listen to this podcast, you can do it at any time you like. Lee, it's been a pleasure talking to you. All the best. A great story for you coming through the business for 20 years to be running it. And if something excites the MD folks, you know it's going to happen, doesn't it, Lee? Yep, you definitely do. Cheers, mate. Speak to you again and hopefully see you on site soon. Thanks, Peter. See you soon. Bye-bye. So it's a big thank you to Lee from me for joining me for another podcast with leadership episode in our new series of podcasts. You can find them on podcast channels out there, folks. So type in content with media and you can look at all of the previous episodes if you haven't listened to one of our podcasts before. We've had some fantastic feedback and I'm sure we'll have more with the episode that you've just listened to now. But all of this wouldn't be possible without the support of Leica Geosystems, the 3D machine control and surveying specialist. They're the experts that are helping loads of businesses benefit from the digitalization of the connected worksite, another favorite topic of mine. So you can find out a lot more about their services at leica-geosystems.co.uk. Thanks again for listening. Stay safe out there, look after yourselves and your family. And until the next time, goodbye.